0: And now, right to your hosts of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing.
1: Welcome to Down the Garden Path, where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host, Matthew Dressing. Hello, Matthew hello joanne
0: and good evening everyone and thank you for joining us i'm matthew dressing owner of natural affinity garden design as landscape designers and gardeners we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens which are sustainable and low maintenance and we want to help you make it happen
1: that's right and this week on the show we are excited to be talking to tyler barras and learning all about hydroponics. It's shockingly that we've had the show for this many years and not talked about hydroponics. Um, So I'm excited to get into it with uh, Tyler today. So for everybody who is listening, if you have questions, if you're curious uh, about it and uh, have some questions for us, please send them to instudio101 at gmail.com. And in the meantime, let me tell you a little bit about Tyler. So Tyler Barris is the chief science officer and co-founder of Area 2 Farms in Arlington, Virginia. He has a range of urban agricultural experience from homesteading to commercial hydroponics and has worked as a grower for Three Boy Farms Incorporated, one of the first certified organic hydroponic farms in the United States. In 2015, Tyler wrote one of the best selling hobby hydroponic books, DIY Hydroponic Gardens, How to Design and Build an Inexpensive System for Growing Plants in Water. That's quite the title, Tyler. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in well 2017, long. I know. And then in 2017, you wrote Roadmap to Growing Leafy Greens and Herbs, an educational book for new growers. And then, of course, the book I have in front of me in 2021, Hi- Tyler wrote Home Hydroponic Small Space DIY Growing Systems for the Kitchen. They're so lovely. You can put them in the kitchen, dining room, living room, bedroom, and bath. So, And there's a lot more to his bio than that. So check Tyler out at uh, <laughs> farmer, Farmertyler.com. Welcome to the show, Far- Tyler. Oh, thank you so much Stay for having me, Welcome to the Joanne.
2: show, Farmer. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was... Yeah, those book titles are, I I get caught up on those as well. They're like 12 words long, but they got to get every buzzword in. Inexpensive, small space. Yes, yes.
1: All the SEO for websites, right? So anybody who's Googling can find them. Yes. Oh, that's good. Well, tell me a little bit about how you got started. Like, how did you fall in love with this way of growing?
2: Yeah, so I studied horticulture at University of Florida, and back then I had my backyard soil garden, but then I had like a little closet where I started experimenting, growing some herbs indoors. And I got really excited by just how well you could fine tune the environment and just sort of give your plants sort of a little perfect life. And yeah, just let them be all they can be sort of, of give them all the food and it just felt um, with hydroponics and indoor gardening, I could be very precise and um, just yeah maximize the plant's life. And then I started getting into the commercial side of it. So running greenhouses and growing a lot of hydroponic commercial crops um, in Florida, in Colorado, Texas, California, all over. Um, but these are usually, you know, your huge greenhouses. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that butterhead lettuce, like for Whole Foods. Um, but what I sort of was missing was like back when I was doing that small system in my closet is you can do a lot of creativity when you do stuff at home that you can't really do in a commercial farm. Mm, uh, okay. Like in a commercial farm, it's all what's practical. Uh, you know, this is, this is commercial operation. This is serious, but right. at home you could do, you know, crazy thing is you can build a ferris wheel that just moves your plants around your house you can put plants on a little train that moves around um you know you can really do things that are still helping maximize that plant's life but also that is fun for you the, right. you know, the plant parrot
1: yes and i would think commercial would all be about what's profitable right what you could turn around exactly. right i mean it does kind of come back to that often
2: definitely yeah and it, there's some amazing creativity in that world as well, but it usually, um, you know, it doesn't lend to growing some of the really unusual crops that you might want to grow, you know, at home um, and small scale. So, uh, but I, yeah, I really love that world, which is why I've, most of my books have focused on the home gardener and trying to make it really easy to, to do. Um, as Matt was saying in the intro of you know, making gardens, low maintenance you know um just easy and i you know it's one of those things i think a lot of people don't often associate with hydroponic gardening it mm-hmm. it can seem like complicated or like you know there's a lot of gadgets and stuff but uh, you know if, with certain designs it can be so low maintenance you could touch it every you know once every six weeks and wow. pretty much put seeds come back in six weeks and you are harvesting a ahead of lettuce so it's okay um, it can really just uh just depends on what your goals are and Mm -hmm. how simple do you want to go
1: okay that's cool so why don't you so people might be new to the term so some of our listeners might be new to the term so what does it mean to grow hydroponically for someone who um doesn't know
2: sure so in a hydroponic garden you deliver all of the plants food through water um or in a traditional garden you might mix in some compost or add some other dry fertilizers to the soil. And as the microbes break that down, or when you water the plant, those nutrients are released and that's when the roots have access. But in a hydroponic garden, those nutrients are dissolved in water and they're um, sloshing around the roots all the time. So those plants have constant access to any nutrient they need. The roots don't have to hunt through the soil to find each of these elements that they need. Um, and it can take a lot of different forms. Okay. Sometimes it looks like a root actually just dangling in its roots into water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes it actually can look almost like a traditional gardening pot, um, where it's a pot that's full of, let's say, coconut core, you know, coconut husk, mm-hmm. um, or something that has no nutrients on its own. But then you're watering the plant with water, with the fertilizer dissolved in. Okay. So it could have a soil-like substrate or it could be just water. Um, wow. the, the The main point is that the nutrients are dissolved in water and that's how the plant gets its fertilizer.
1: Okay. And this goes for, I mean, ornamental plants as well as food, actual, you know, I know lettuces and, you know, so, yeah. some cer- certain, I don't know if all a like, certain amount, certain kinds of uh, edibles.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, Often the attention is put on edibles, but I really love my non-edible plants. Oh, I, I love my uh, mimosa pudica, my like touch-me-not plants, um, the, the sensitive plants, even you know, the one that folds up. Yes, it's my that...
1: mother-in-law's favorite. She, oh my gosh, she's a kindergarten teacher, right? So she'd always grow that to like, wow, the kids. Fun. Oh, exactly. loved it.
2: Putting that in the, you know, that one can do fairly well in some hydroponic gardens. Um, a lot of the flower bulbs always you know, do well in hydroponics or the paper whites and all of those bulbs you know you can often see them being forced to flower indoors when they just sit in a little cup of water yeah. um, and there's a lot of bulbs that can be grown pretty much just in water with if you add a little bit of nutrients they can actually do even a little bit better but some of those don't even need nutrients um, yeah and there's, there's so okay. many house plants that you can root in water mm-hmm. um so one of the one of the systems in the book is actually placed in a bathroom, so it's um, it's above the toilet, and and that garden I didn't think I should grow edible plants in my bathroom. I thought it might you know be yeah. a little bit uh, run people along, right? You know, they come to a dinner party and they see the food growing in the bathroom. <laughs> um, so in that one, I just have ornamentals, and you know, Venus fly traps are really fun in hydroponics. Um, There's just So many fun, non-edible plants that can do well in hydroponics. Yeah.
1: Wow. So that, like I think of, well, I know when they need humidity, uh, the uh, Venus flytraps, but then I think about, so when I think about plants in water and yes, I rooted, you know, all my pathos or rooted cuttings, Mm -hmm. right. In, in water all the time. I just did one this weekend and planted it in soil. (laughs) So I took it out of the vase and planted it in soil. But I think of like, what about rotting? Like, is there a limit to time or?
2: yeah. Yeah there's a, there's a balance. Um, Mm -hmm. so in, in that bathroom garden, the way it works is it's sort of a gravel bed in a planter and the roots, the plant is plant roots are sort of half submerged in water. So part of them are constantly in water, but part of them are in this sort of heavily high humidity area where they have a little bit more access to, so they can breathe. Um, which is, is definitely essential. It's, it's sort of one of the it, it comes to a big part of hydroponics, which is the, selecting crops that can tolerate that water and right. those wet feet all the time. Um and yes, yeah, so yeah. plenty of water minerals that, that can handle it.
1: Yeah. So then there's um so do you go into that in the book? I know we go into a lot I of do. stuff. There's a lot of information
2: in here. Yeah, so in the in the back of the book, um there's a there's crop selection guides okay. where it lists yep. specific varieties that do well and what actual gardens they do best in, what light levels, what fertilizer levels, pH levels. It um, it can be a little bit daunting when you look at that spreadsheet at first, but it's, <laughs> it helps a lot because I think it's one of the most common beginner mistakes is selecting the wrong crop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know when you it's i often think of it like an aquarium where you could put a like a beta fish into a little tiny jar you know those are the fish that don't need any air and they are fine you know and there's plants that are like that that don't need any aeration in their roots can just sit in still water but then there's those other fish that need all those bubbles you know in a big tank and there's a lot of plants that are like that they need that aeration in their roots um, they need more space for the roots to grow. Um, so the back of the book uh, sort of explains, does this plant have a high oxygen demand? You know, does it need all that aeration in the bubbles? Or is it like a beta fish? Could it just right. sort of sit in a, a tank, a little tiny tank with no bubbles?
1: That's a great analogy. And I can, so, and then I have the visualization, because I've done this when I had young children is actually put, like, you know, the bamboo that you put in the water with a beta fish in the bottom of the vase, right? So you've combined the two yep. in the fish and the uh, bamboo, the lucky bamboo, I think they call it. I don't know planet. the botanical name, but yeah. Yeah,
2: you yep, have the lucky bamboo. Yeah. Yeah, some plants are, are tough and can can handle that, that environment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it's funny because I think people view it as many people like me who've done it for cuttings and, and things like that. But you you view the water as the temporary, like, you know, is the the temporary location before you find the right pot or before you get around to potting it up kind of thing. So to I think it really changes the mindset to go into. No, this is the this is the it like this is the yeah. destination. So I think that's yeah. wonderful.
2: And You know, even in that, when it's sitting in a cup, like you're just rooting it, if you were to refresh that water, you know, fairly often, it would, it could definitely stand there longer. A lot of it is when you root those plants and you leave it in there for a really long time and then it starts to rot. Um, But when the attention is given of this is its final home, is this water, and you give it the right attention it needs. It's it's amazing how many plants can, can thrive in that environment.
1: Oh, wow. That's great. And I think with the amount of people that, um, you know, have picked up on this, we would call, you know, they're thinking it's like a gardening trend where we both Mm -hmm. have been in the industry for a long time, um, you know, that they could do it year round. I think that's one thing, you know, you talk to any gardener, you mean all the Facebook groups and stuff, everybody's like counting down the days to spring until they can get back in, you know, in the memes of them gardening in the snow and stuff like that. But really with hydroponics, you can garden year round.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely well suited for indoors. It's clean, um, and you aren't lugging soil throughout the house. Or yeah. I mean, you can you can definitely do a soil garden indoors as well in the winter and on your windowsill. Um, but hydroponics is definitely nice indoors because it's just so clean, um, and it, it really can be adapted for a lot of different shapes and sort of areas where sometimes a soil garden maybe just doesn't fit very well. Um, right. Yeah. But I think it's I, I yeah, like less da- yeah
1: less daunting too for, from what a beginner or for a senior, like you said, no lugging of soil and people tend to get caught up on like, what's the right soil and do I have to boil this? soil? you know, do I have to do this yeah. and do I have to do that? And soil can be, a you know, and then the gnats, like the whole issue, if you buy this kind, then you're probably going to get gnats and things any issues with that, like around any insects or pests with when you're dealing with water?
2: There, there can be. So, you know, similar, if you overwater your soil and you keep it white, you can definitely get some fungus gnats, uh, right. the shore flies. And, you know, those pests could be definitely annoying. Yeah. Oh, I yes. like, I've got I, my sticky traps. <laughs> I've got my sticky traps and my yeah. BT floaters up. I've attacked them every way. Nematodes, beneficial. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So, uh fungus mass can be an issue but if you start with clean water and you aren't introducing um you know too much bugs from the outside right. you can definitely you know you just start with a clean template because you aren't bringing in soil which could potentially be dirty mm-hmm. um and if you maintain that clean environment you can you know hopefully be pest free um yeah. yeah so it's it's uh for the simplicity I I definitely think that growing hydroponics is easier than growing in soil as you were saying like the soil selections can, yeah. can definitely be daunting you know how do you know your plant has enough fertilizer sometimes it can be tricky you know like am i supposed to send out a soil test for home garden? Um, yeah. yeah you know it, but with hydroponics if you get you know a couple probes little water test you put it in oh this is the number that I was looking for for the fertilizer level. Oh, this oh, okay. is the pH number I was looking for, and that okay. checks on exactly what this plant, you know, is recommended. Boom, I'm done. You know, it can yeah. be very precise, and it for a lot of people like me who <laughs> uh, like to just see that a number is, you know, showing me that the plant is getting what it's supposed to have. It could just be, you know, a little bit of a relief where you you know what you're doing for the plant and you can just sort of be sure that, okay, I did it. I set it up. The plant has what it needs. Uh, It just doesn't feel like you're shooting in the dark as much sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it takes the, um, the uncertainty, because I know I, I had a friend ask me just today about how oh, I connected with someone that I haven't talked to in a while and she asked about the show and about oh I should listen because myself my house plans don't look happy and I said how much are you watering them you know and so and that tends to be, I think, especially I think when gardeners are now inside for the winter. Um, they kill their house plants with kindness, right? Because now oh, that's yeah. the only thing they have to do. And so now they're watering them on this like ridiculous schedule. <laughs> um, so this is, you know, that's a great thing is that you don't have to, you can check on the fertilizer or like you have the numbers, you have m- much more, I guess, scientific, really.
2: Yeah. It's, it's just uh yeah, it's more quantifiable of, you know, it's yeah. just more quantitative, less qualitative of that's knowing right. what that plant, you know, that you you did it right. You could leave your plant alone and yeah, not kill it with kindness of overwatering and yeah, it's you can know when the plant has what it needs.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, we do look like we have a few listener questions. Um awesome. so so Justin is like, so no soil like at all? So yeah, no soil.
2: Yeah, but there's plenty of hybrid versions. Um I sometimes you use a little bit of soil just for the starting the seedling. Mm -hmm. And then that seedling goes into a a pure hydroponic environment where it grows out roots. You know, sometimes for the seed starting, it's a little bit easier to use a little bit of soil or a soil like substrate, like peat or cocoa core, um, Mm -hmm. or even an actual real soil with sand, salt, or clay in it. Um, You know, it's, uh, it's the, the balance of, you know, maybe you use it for just young plant production and then it goes into its final hydroponic home
1: okay that was one of my questions so i know we have more listener questions too but i mean yes that uh, do you like are you starting the seed like in a wet paper towel or in water or do you is it mostly you would start it in a like a like you would start our regular seeds in in you know like a uh, a seed starting medium and then transfer the once they establish roots then transfer them to water
2: yeah so there's, there's a lot of different ways to start seedlings uh, for hydroponics. Yeah. Some hydroponic gardens, you uh, are using uh, stone wool, which okay. is uh, rock wool, which is pretty much uh, they take a rock and heat it until it's lava, and then they spin it up like cotton candy, and it, you know, it looks like a fluffy rock. Okay. Um, and it's, it's the same thing that's sort of in wall insulation. Uh, it's that it does. Wall. It looks like
1: in the book, it looks like green insulation. Cause I Matt yeah. said something about the rock wall and I'm like, what? I mean that green insulation. And he said, yeah.
2: <laughs> but it's so. treated differently. Uh, the okay. wall stuff has a different treatment. So if you tried to use that, it wouldn't work exactly. Right. Um, yes. So this one's made for plants and in okay. that one you can, uh, yeah, that one's soil free and in some gardens, like a, a floating raft garden, which is a styrofoam raft on top of water. um, You'd put this little, Seed plug in. You add the seeds on top, and the water is wicked up through that little plug. And you can actually just start the seeds directly in its final garden, and come back in six weeks, and it's ready to harvest.
0: Wow!
1: So, what would that be? Like a lettuce or a spinach lettuce,
2: or basil? Yeah, basil? almost okay. any of your salad greens. A lot of the brassicas do well, so like a mizunas and bok choy and is and mustards. Um, so yeah, a lot of the leafy greens do really well in hydroponics okay. and they go really fast. Um, but tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers also do well. But those are like, those are getting out of your beta fish world and getting more into yes. like... <laughs> Your fish that needs a lot of air in its roots. Okay. Uh, you know, okay. So yeah.
1: So yeah, we're moving the ne- needle on uh, on uh, squal- on a skill level, right? Yeah.
2: Exactly. Um,
1: okay. So Mason is writing in, and he says, uh, "Does the equipment use a lot of electricity?" So that's a good. So lighting is also a big part of that, right? So in it addition is. to,
2: yeah. So there are um, hydroponic gardens that use no electricity. There are floating raft systems uh, that pretty much is just a raft floating on water. Um, One of the methods it's called cracked key after a guy invented it and that uses no electricity. But I think a lot of times people will associate hydroponic gardening with indoor gardening and and in that environment where you have to add grow lights and supplemental lighting. And that's definitely where the energy comes in is grow lights. Um, So with a plant, it, there's sort of a direct relation of more light, more growth, you know, faster growth. Um, and there's definitely some minimal light, like minimum light levels you need to reach to actually get a plant that looks somewhat okay. Okay. Um, but there's, so the one garden in the book uses actually a, a grow light that, um, is powered by a USB outlet and that's it. So it's a five volt USB outlet and it's a tiny little umbrella grow light that, you know lights up like a little tiny dish plate uh space of plants and you know if you utilize your light correctly you know and you don't want to use a lot of electricity you can get a small grow light that just focuses on a very small growing space and you can really utilize all that light to you know grow some leafy greens um But if you want to sort of mimic what you're doing outdoors, indoors, where you have, you know, your peppers, your tomatoes, you have all these plants that are thriving, then you start to get into, oh, I need to get a $100 grow light. I need to get a $500 grow light, you know, Mm. to really light up a, a four foot by eight foot bed. I'm sorry if I'm talking... Uh, wrong units. If I should, yeah, no, that. no, that's
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, we're good with imperial four feet beds. Yeah, we're good.
2: okay. <laughs> um, um, were you
1: referring to the salad bowl?
2: Yeah, the salad bowl. Oh my and-
1: gosh, so you guys, the salad bowl project is so doable and so adorable. Uh, uh yeah,
2: it's one of my favorites.
1: Uh, yeah, and I think lighting has come a long way, so I know it the investment in the proper lights, um, I think. Is bigger on the investment, but really to run them, I don't know that there's a huge expense to that, right? LED lights have really changed the industry. Very
2: efficient, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it depends on your local utility costs, but um, yeah, when I've usually you know, calculated how much like a certain garden would cost, like a one foot by four foot garden, it was cost. You know, I think it was like eight dollars a month of electricity, yeah. so it wasn't too crazy. Um, and it's actually possible to grow more produce than that, than the electricity costs. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not free. Like sunlight, right. that's for right. sure. Right.
1: But when you think of the outdoor, I mean, there's investments in outdoor gardening too, right? I mean, even though the sun part is free, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, right. To that, you know, uh, that costs, there is an expense to it. So I think there's this you know, until somebody actually starts doing it, they don't realize that there is, they think, oh, it's free. You know, it's just like a pack of seeds for $2. And then I'm going to get all these tomatoes. And I'm like, no, there's a lot of work and a lot yeah. of money that goes into that. Right. <laughs> Between the stakes yeah. and the, you know what I mean? Like staking them and tying them and the compost and this fertilizer, like, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. So gardening is economical, but it's not like free.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. If, I right, agree.
1: It's not free. And you do do a, uh, so the one thing about the book, um, you do talk a lot about, you go into some really great detail. Uh, we, we can't get into it here. Um, Cause you know, time just flies when you're on the show um, about the lighting. So, uh, so yeah. So anybody who's interested, um, you know, we'll definitely at the end have in their show notes, all the stuff. Uh, so your website and everything listed, your book Thank would you. be available, Amazon, all the usual lo- locations.
2: Yeah, all the usuals. Yeah. And Excellent. if, If um, if anyone's interested in doing sort of a deep dive into grow lights and horticultural lighting, I have a YouTube uh, video series that goes in-depth on all of the latest lighting science. Um, So that's Farmer Tyler YouTube. Um, If you want to sort of geek out on how do plants react to blue light and red light and far red light and really get into the the wild science. Yeah. Um, Yeah check that
1: out. Yeah. Cause I've done that. I've gone to, cause I think I'm going to do this. And even though I don't have time and I've stood at the store by big box store and I've seen, i thought, Oh, I'll just pick up a grow light and we'll try it. Right. And then I'm like, see all the different colors and go, Oh yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> so I walk away because yeah, you know, it can, can be daunting. Right. So it can.
2: and it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky because there's, there's so much power and like tools that you can do when you get indoors where you can sort of get overwhelmed by, oh man, I can do all these really amazing things. But then, you know, in reality, you just want to start with a basic white LED light. You want to start with a simple fertilizer designed for hydroponics that is, uh, you know, fairly inexpensive powder, maxi grow, maxi bloom. You know, it can really be boiled down to very simple inputs, simple lights, um, and really be less work than a soil garden in my opinion um, okay. but it's yeah if you if you look at the extreme side of it, it's it's very daunting. Right, right.
1: So that's good to know, because I think even for, I'm as a garden designer, a lot of people want to start growing vegetables in a container first, right? Like they, the thought of a big, especially when I first started designing, nobody wanted big vegetable gardens, which is what they're wanting now. But for the most part, people wanted to start, oh, can I I grow a tomato on my deck or my patio in a pot? I'm like, yes, you can. You know, they started off small and I Mm -hmm. think that's where they get hooked, right? So I think that's exciting to know that even in hydroponics, You can start small. You don't have to. This salad bowl is very doable. Everybody, the there's a lot of those lights that um, I'll give a shout out to Halo. I haven't tried it yet. I bought it though. The you know the little one that's a USB light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all get it on our Instagram uh, commercial ads, right? So I think it's there are ways to start small. So I think that's exciting. Um, But so our next listener, Paula, is saying, um, or no, so. Paul asked about the book. So we told Paul about that. You can get where they can find the book. And then Charlie saying, so can any vegetable or fruit be grown successfully hydroponics? So not. Well, you can answer that. I don't know about fruit. Mm. And so, any. That's, there's a lot of vegetables and fruit, Charlie. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a
2: lot. Um, so technically, yes. But uh, you wouldn't want to because right. it just would be very impractical um so um you know this in epcot the disney world sort of uh thing they have this one display called the land and there they're growing you know, citrus trees in hydroponic systems they're growing you know huge plants in hydroponic systems but it usually is just sort of you know it's for show and it is to look nice um The practical plants usually come down to leafy greens, your salad greens, your herbs. Um, And while it is possible to do things like root crops, you can grow a hydroponic carrot and beets and potatoes. It is a little bit tricky and Mm. not where I'd want someone to start because, you know, it's you, you know, grow a few rounds of lettuce and get comfortable before you maybe have your heart broken by trying to do some (laughs) hydroponic carrots yeah but uh technically is
1: is lettuce easier inside because outside you know it bolts pretty quick like you know I feel like you have to be a real in your like I tend to I try every year and I just lose it because I'm not that attentive I'm your low maintenance gardener and I'm busy in other people's gardens so um so yeah I would think that maybe lettuce inside might be easier
2: I I think it is. It's it's so fast indoors in hydroponics, and it comes out clean. You know, you don't technically need to wash it at all.
0: Okay.
2: Um, if if you want to, you definitely do. But um, yeah, yeah, it's. I, I think it's one of the best crops suited for for hydroponics. Um, in in a one foot by four foot space, you could you know have a couple salads every week from that. So wow,
1: that's pretty fast good. and productive. Yeah. 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 That is great. Um, talking about the water. So Ruth is asking what kind of water supply do you need for home hydroponics, a garden hose, plumbing, or are you just filling like a container with a pitcher of water? That's my uh, add on to Ruth's question.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, the thing, the simple one, like the salad bowl, just a, a pitcher of water. Um, but if you have a garden hose, you can fill up a large system with that. Uh, I don't have a garden hose inside my house. Okay. but um, one thing i have used is a bidet hose that one has actually done really well for my bathroom <laughs> garden it's sort of <laughs> like a big it's a it's a gardening hose in a bathroom um, okay
1: so i think it's better to call it a gardening hose in a bathroom than a bidet <laughs> hose but okay
2: <laughs> um, but uh the water source is important if you uh, live on a you know, if your water is coming from a well Um, sometimes that water can be a little bit difficult for a hydroponic system because it just has so much uh, dissolved nutrients already in it, um, Mm -hmm. that it it can be a little bit difficult to work with, but most municipal sources, municipal sources, so like city provided water that almost is, that almost always works for a hydroponic garden.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah. Excellent.
2: Rain barrels can usually work, you know, rain water usually works really well too.
1: Right. Right. Okay. So really, it's not. So Jake is asking if it's expensive. So really, it's 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 expensive as you want it to be much like outdoor gardening, right? Like you can start inexpensive. And I think you've done a great job in the book at showing some simple lower, you know, you know, beginner ones and lower tech, so cheaper to something a little bit more elaborate, like the coffee table is pretty elaborate
2: you could yeah that was pretty elaborate it's moving yeah. and everything but if you wanted to build a a floating raft garden you could build a four foot by four foot garden space you know let imagine this is outdoors mm-hmm. a four foot by four foot bed that's a foot tall you put a pond liner in it um just like a, a rubber liner and you fill that up add some fertilizer to it and to put styrofoam boards on top poke some holes in it put your plants there and less than uh, probably less than sixty dollars, you just built a four foot by four foot hydroponic garden that's gonna produce a lot of salad.
1: Wow. Now that's inside, or did you say outside?
2: That would be outdoors. If you're using, outdoors. you know, natural okay. light, pretty much mm-hmm. it's just you're building a little uh, little pond in a box. Yeah. And a little floating raft on it. Um wow. so the indoors, yeah, usually the cost is electricity. Right. Uh, for grow lights if you want to go that way. Okay. Um, there are a few systems covered in the book where it, I use a windowsill and only light from the window. Uh, but you know, it can be tricky to know when a window is actually giving enough light. Mm. Uh, human eyes are not very good at determining when a yeah. plant's getting enough light, uh, yeah. so I go into some of the gadgets that you can look at. You know, even your most phones have a, a way to measure light intensity, so you can actually calculate okay this location my plant's receiving enough light um and you can tell by what crop type or what variety you pick um what light levels that plant should get and and all of that's detailed in the book but the yeah. yeah yeah a little over the oh. top
1: oh that's great um so when we get back to the water so we've covered you know the expand oh, yeah. the light and the water so um don is asking about um are there ke- like what are the chemical enhancements to the to the procedure in the water. So obviously we need to, sure. it can, you know, they can start rooting in water, but you need, we need to feed them. Right.
2: Yeah. So there's, there's some fairly simple hydroponic fertilizer products. Um, you know, one that I usually recommend is maxi grow or maxi bloom. It's just a powder and you add it to the water. It's almost like making lemonade. Uh, it's, it's very simple. Oh. Um, But if you're looking at doing organic options, it can be a little bit trickier. Um, A lot of the animal-based organic fertilizers, so like bone meal and and those things, if you add it to water, it gets really rancid and disgusting and smells horrible. And um, usually not good for hydroponics. Um, There are some fertilizers that, like organic fertilizers that work well in hydroponics, they're usually made of like molasses, but anyways, if you aren't set on doing organic, there's so many good options. If you're looking okay. at organic, maybe send me an email and I'll I'll try to help oh, you
1: okay. out. Okay. Okay. So uh, people like thinking like growing their lettuce um in in the house, it'd be more organic because it's not in soil, but yet it's it's not truly organic because you're using some you're using a, a chemical fertilizer, using the yeah. brackets around the word chemical. <laughs>
2: yeah. And yeah. Okay. You know the, the the nutrients that a plant receives, whether it's provided organically or through uh, synthetic fertilizer, or chemical fertilizer, it's, it's the same nutrients. The plants can only really uptake, you know, thirteen or so elements. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's provided through organic fertilizer or conventional, um, it's just how simple is it for that plant to get it, um, and sort of the carbon footprint of it a little bit too yeah
1: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely so so that's good yeah I mean the, I mean I think you've done a great job of laying out the book and making it easy for people you know like I said just starting um, a lot of the DIY so anybody who loves woodworking and them held the tools too right um, can build some really cool yeah some cool structures so that is good um, so that was Don's question. Um, yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, so Tammy's asking, so if you're doing hydroponics all year long, does it have any effect on your home's humidity or create mold? Mm.
2: If you do it in an enclosed space, yes. Um, so <laughs> That's
1: blood, Tyler. <laughs>
2: people... <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of people like to... Build these little cabinets where you open a door and now you have a hidden garden, or you you know you try to put it into a pantry, and when you enclose plants in that, you know they definitely breathe out a lot of they, they release a lot of moisture, um, okay. and if you don't have the right ventilation, you could definitely have the right environment for mold. Um, but if you have it on your kitchen counter, there's enough open air that the moisture released by the plants isn't going to be significant enough to you know, increase your humidity or really be noticeable. Um, but if you put plants in a tiny box, yes, they will—they okay. will put out some water, and you will notice.
1: Okay, all right, that well, is good to know. Hello, Matt.
0: <laughs> Hello, Joanne. Hello, Tyler. Welcome to the show. Hi. They let you You're out of class. So Let me out of class a little early, uh, or a little late, actually. Um, but I was telling my students that we had, Tyler, you on the show. A lot of them knew about your book. They follow you, uh, and they were really excited about all the great things in your home hydroponics book. Uh, some of them are telling me the projects that they were going to start uh, this this That's coming so semester awesome. and over the summer. And they were very inspired by you. So thank you for your patience so cool. and uh, tolerating me joining the show. So yeah, they were super excited. Um to, to do it. So. Oh
1: yes, yeah, so we did Jamie was missing you because we I said, Where is Matt? Is he okay? So they i so I thought that was that's good, Matt. That people <laughs> noticed that I kept you know, anyway. But yes, you've joined us, which is hey, live radio, that's what we do. We do best, right? Uh, so appreciate it, Tyler. And it's been a great show with some lots of great questions. Um so I'm just gonna look at I know Matt's Some um, uh show notes that he created were also great. And uh so I wanted to um We did talk a lot about that, uh, about soil. Yes, Um, we uh, um, before the show started, we talked a little bit about so people who might not want to build something, but you can purchase a starter kit. So I wanted to know, um, I mentioned that I have a click and grow a little, a little three pod, little uh, hydroponic set. There's another one popular called Arrow Garden. You know, what's your like, is that a good place for people to start?
2: Yeah, I, I think both of those systems, um, I've used them both, Click and Grow and Arrow Garden. I'm a fan. I, I think they good. are really good. Um, you know, if you tried to build that those systems on your own, I could easily see someone spending more than what those gardens cost. You know, they're both uh, you know, 100 or less or around that mm-hmm. number. Yeah. Um, and they provide the right amount of light and they, you know, they really make it easy. The, the main drawback of those systems is the ongoing costs can be a little high because you have to use their little planters and, yeah. um, you know, you're sort of locked in on their system and using their inputs. Um, but in the you know in the long run, it's really not that bad how much they cost. Um, I've, I was doing some nerding out with some spreadsheets and writing out the economics of Arrow Garden and Click and Grow versus DIY systems over two years and what's the ROI and,
1: and <laughs> drumroll please Gary growing. do you have a drumroll
0: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> pretty much in both of those systems in all of them you can grow like herbs and lettuce for cheaper than you would get at a grocery store than you would pay at a grocery store um, if you're you know if you have okay yields and you actually select crops that are uh, well suited for that system, um, but the the biggest expense for the pre-manufactured systems like Click and Grow and Aero Garden was if you have to buy those kits. Each planter, you know, each little pod can cost up to three dollars. Um, where if you DIY those pods, you can do it for about fifty cents or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there's a really nice sort of merging space where you can actually DIY the seed starts and do some of that stuff there's there's ways to actually do the diy within an arrow garden and click and grow you know take advantage of that cheap light they gave you take advantage of this nice little pot that they've set up for you yeah and throw your own seeds and and substrate in there and you know you can really make it run for cheap
1: yeah. Yeah. After reading your book, I feel like I want to do that. So, uh, so yeah, so I have a little <laughs> click and grow, um, that in our household, we decided that the, uh, my office was the best place for it. So, um, cause the light comes on in the night, right? So my son tried it in his bedroom and it was like, oh yeah, the light comes on, you know, so it has to be in a room that nobody needs and the light, but anyway, but I, I got it after reading the book, I thought we should start this again. Um, cause we got it put away and, and stuff. So I'm excited, but yeah, I could see where, especially your inspiration that you know I would like to try some other things I'm kind of disappointed it's only a three pod we only got the three pod one so if we'd had a bigger one we could really experiment but um, but yeah it's good to know though that that is something you think is worthwhile and a good beginner
2: yeah yeah and just you know if you're if anyone's considering the difference between the two systems on a click and grow in those pods they actually have already added the fertilizer. So all you really have to do is just add water. It's like as simple as it can get. And it's almost no electricity just to grow light. There's no aeration. Um, so that one I gave to like my three-year-old niece or four-year-old niece and she was able to do it. The Aero Garden. that one you actually have to mix the fertilizer in and um, okay. it's maybe the, the next step of pre-manufactured systems. That one I gave to my seven-year-old nephew and he did that one just fine okay listeners come on
1: now yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that is good to know um Oh, we, somebody was asking about this. This is what I think about hydroponics. So, uh, so this is Gail. I'm listening to the show again tonight. I just love it. I grow my own cannabis. Any tips on how to make my crop more productive using hydroponics? So it's legal here. I don't know if it is where you are, Tyler. So everybody's growing it here
2: in Canada. That was one of my, my first jobs, uh, was, I was growing right when Colorado legalized, I was growing cannabis there. Um, yeah, so a lot of hydroponic growers or a lot of cannabis growers like hydroponics because um, you can sort of balance water and air really well. So I think a lot of people think of hydroponics as just the roots sitting in water. Cannabis isn't a big fan of that. Cannabis really likes to have those roots dry out every once in a while. It really wants those be wet, then fully dry down, be wet, then fully dry down. And, um, in hydroponics, if you pick a really fast draining substrate, like, um, some loose cocoa core or like a, a chunky cocoa core, or those little hydrogen pellets, that's clay pellets. Um, what a lot of the, the growers, you want like huge yields kind of thing. They water it, make sure it gets fully wet. And then they let the roots dry out, you know, really far, um, and then rewater, Uh, Sort of uh, what a lot of nursery growers are doing, you know, you really want to get that good dry down and hydroponics can help you get that sort of fast dry down. So you can get a lot of irrigation. Um, Yeah. But it's definitely a, it's a high intensity sort of option. So it's the the balance of maybe you get 10%, maybe 10% more yield, but you're adding the complexity of irrigating really frequently and pumps and you know, I think for, for a lot of home growers, it's not worth it to try to squeeze out that little bit of yield um, with the extra complexity. Um, but if you okay. want a mad science in your, your cannabis grow, hydroponics is definitely a good step.
0: Do
1: you teach that, Matt, or do they teach any hydroponics in the course that you're teaching?
0: We do have a little bit of hydroponic growing we, we talk about in the greenhouse, uh, and we've just actually just started uh, a new system where we've got some uh, tilapia fish growing in larger uh, containers, and we're going to just kind of create that whole cycle. But we've got those clay pellets awesome. uh, that yep. we were talking about. We're playing with those and introducing the students to that, and some rock wool and floating plants, and yeah.
2: Cool. Cool. Yeah, aquaponics is definitely a great intro to hydroponics. I think it's um, it's the easiest way to do hydroponics organically. Um, so if, if anyone you know, as, as mentioned earlier, if you are interested in doing organic hydroponics, you, getting your fi- you know your fertilizer from fish waste and you know, tying those systems together, of aquaculture and hydroponics, aquaponics, um, <laughs> that's definitely uh, a good option besides looking, you know, instead of looking at organic fertilizers for hydroponics.
1: Very cool. Very cool. We have another listener who must've Googled you because she's not on our zoom call, but she tells me that you, has anyone ever told you you look like Keanu Reeves?
0: No. <laughs> I know. I
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> so Alexis, oh, he was you. shocked. So there you go. <laughs> Oh, uh, this is some good. News. So there you go; you can uh, <laughs> crack that up. So, considering it's a radio show and not a TV show, right? Uh, so, anyway, uh, um, so anything else that you think we should know? You know, we've covered quite a bit. And we had some great listener questions, um, and I know there's there's. Do you have a favorite project from your book? As we rent, like we're, I know time flies, yeah. right? Look at the time, but uh, the, the yeah,
0: salad bowl.
2: I think is a really good one you know for someone who wants a small system it's pretty much just a tiny porcelain bowl that's growing salad uh, could fit anywhere uh, the stream of greens is probably another favorite of mine which is just a box of a floating raft on top um, those can really be put anywhere it is the lowest cost lowest maintenance hydroponic system you can do which also is probably one of the highest yielding so okay if you're just looking at what's practical of, I want salad, I want yield, I want low maintenance. Um, a floating raft system is definitely the way to go. Um, and then if you're looking at doing something crazy of like you want towers and those things, um, you know, there's plenty of those systems also covered in the book.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I, you know, I, I enjoy doing things that are really less sometimes about giving the plant what it wants and more just I want to do something cool because I want to look <laughs> at something cool um so you know if you're in that side definitely look at towers look at all those you know yeah moving systems but if you're just trying to give plants a good life and do it cheaply and get a lot of product uh, a floating wrap system like the stream of greens is is it's a good probably, way uh, a good way to go
1: how about the su- so I think um suction plant suction cup planters so for our listeners who have you know the b- bird feeder boxes that are meant to suction cup on the outside so you can watch the birds feed from it but you flipped it and brought it inside so can you tell us because I think that yeah. would be and for kids too that would be great
2: definitely it's low cost um you know you're using the free light uh it's in the window um the, the challenge with, with those is, you know, if you're doing hydroponics, you need to, every time you water, you're adding fertilizer. So you need to usually have like a pitcher of this fertilizer water ready. So anytime you have to water them, you know, you're, you have that sort of concoction of lemonade ready. okay um, But I, I think it is a, a really good option. You know, that system is just as well could do soil, you know, if you are interested in that. Um, I like hydroponics for these window systems just because if you're going to drip, you know, if there's something coming out of them, if they hopefully don't fall off your window, the suction cups, you know, sometimes give. (laughs) at least you don't have a a pile of soil flying everywhere.
1: It's just Um, water.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think, so I had some of those systems over a couch and that was why I was like, Oh, this is, you know, this is nice. Have a little hydroponic system, even if it falls. I can probably clean it out by couch, hopefully. Um, but definitely less mess than a soil, you know,
1: while yeah. Yeah. dropping on the couch. Yes, yes. My amaryllis bulb and soil fell over, yep, and crashed. I had like a huge one and I was just about to take pictures and I, came, I went out and ran an errand and came back and it had fallen over. So soil everywhere. So yes, that, that wouldn't happen if so we bad. were growing in water, right? <laughs> um, so that is cool. And now could you grow lettuce? Is that more ornamental? Like, Because I know those things aren't very big.
2: Yeah, I, I usually do some more ornamental and herbs in those. Uh, okay. So slow growing herbs and uh like the woody herbs do really well and those um like some time and those are fun because they vine out so you have like this you know sort of drooping plant coming out of your little planter on your window and it looks so cool um i also like to put uh do you guys know the dancing plant dancing plant uh i forget the Oh, I forget the names, but it moves its leaves towards the light as the sun moves. Oh, is okay. it telescoping plan? Oh, no. I wish I remember. But um, that one I, I like to put in the window because uh, you can actually see it move throughout the day as yeah. the leaves turn to face the, the sun.
1: Um, oh, that's great. I could see that being as like a fun gift for someone, like packaging up. Like, you know, it would be the activity, you know, of doing it, like buying the, the pieces. But it's not yeah. like building that, you know, building it for somebody, right? Like it's something, you know, and buying the the water, the fertilizer, well, obviously not the water, but the fertilizer and the plant. And so that's, that seems like a cool, cool thing to do. So, uh, so I love that idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. So I, I want our listeners um, to definitely check out between your YouTube videos and your um your website with list lists all your other books. Um so yeah, that is great. And you can tell that it's definitely a passion for you. Uh oh, I love it. Yeah. So
2: much yeah.
1: fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it's much great. fun. That is great. Um before we wrap up, Matt, I don't know if you wanted to do our station ID. I did not do it at the halfway mark.
0: <laughs> do it as like a little closer. Yes, um, we could do it yeah. as a little closer. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining uh, Joanne and Tyler mainly here tonight on Reality Radio 101. Uh, I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host Joanne Shaw, obviously, and you're listening to Down the Garden Path. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week, bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the wonderful guests like Tyler who has joined us here on the show this evening to talk all about hydroponics in his new book, our latest book, uh, Home Hydroponics Small Space DIY Growing Systems. Uh, so don't forget, you can spend more time with us down the garden path after we wrap up here with another wonderful guest. At uh, Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. At Down the Garden Path podcast. And you can always find uh, repeats of past shows, including this one, on your favorite podcast provider. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and let us know where you are. We love hearing from our guests. And you can always write us here at instudio101 at gmail.com. If you come up with questions later for Tyler or uh, have some DIY hydroponics, we can always forward them to Tyler don't forget you could check us out my way way. (laughs) yes yeah we'll definitely send them your way for sure so uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you've got some questions for tyler let us know in studio 101 at gmail.com and he will definitely get back to you for sure excellent excellent go ahead matt i was just going to say with maybe less than four minutes left was there anything um You wanted to quickly promote or let anybody know about a second book or anything like that that's coming up new and exciting (laughs) or fourth book book, right because i think
1: this is this is your third one right yeah you're working on another one
2: yeah so you know if um this book really focuses on systems that look really pretty for indoors um you know things that uh, almost look like furniture Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at more systems that might go into a greenhouse or your outdoor area, um, my, my first book might be a, a really good option. I just, it's called DIY hydroponic gardens. And in that one, it has much bigger systems. Um, they aren't as beautified as much. So there's not, you know, uh, pretty stained wood going around them or anything, but it's really <laughs> just, this is the practical. Um, mm-hmm. I want to, build a, a garden in my backyard these are you know really practical options um but if you want to build something really pretty and like something that's furniture in your house that's living yes. art yeah this is the book.
1: yeah and the picture frame garden we had someone uh I, what were we talking about matt we had a few weeks ago uh, someone brought up a picture frame garden had we seen and we're like no and we are googled it and then not found it in your book as well so there you go <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yes, if, uh, he's listening and I forget who it was, but, uh, Tyler has how to build one of those. So it's true. The, this book is beautiful. And for really someone who wants to incorporate, not just have like a plastic tub of, you know, water sitting in their in their on their end table, right? Like you want to have something that, that looks attractive. So that's, that's the appeal of this book. And I think it's cool to know, and uh, silly enough for me, I didn't realize you could still grow it outside you know, like using grow in water outside, obviously in our climate, you know, it's still a seasonal thing as opposed to being able to grow year round inside. So I think that is really cool. Um, as far as equipment, I know we had one listener, I think I missed you. Sorry. Um, Dave asked about, um, you know, buying hydroponic equipment. Like, is it, is it, to me it seems like it's stuff that you can for the most part get at a big box store and kind of modify yourself.
2: Yeah, you can. Yeah. Most, most of the stuff you can get at a big box store. Um, you may need to look at you know, specialty options for the pump or you know, some of those things, some of the irrigation tubing if you want to build some of the more complex systems. But the really basic systems like the, the Stream of Greens, which is a floating raft, every one of those things you can get at a yeah, big box store. Um, I almost want to start a challenge show of like going into a random store and see, can I build a hydroponic system out of these random things? Like a gas station. I bet I could. Just random stuff at a gas station. Try to build a garden.
0: That's a great idea for like a YouTube series. I yeah, like I'm that. thinking of um,
1: the cooking show Chopped. Right, you just give someone a basket yeah. of like twelve things and they have to make a system. Like, come on, like that's a show. A paper a clip, a soda
2: can, and yeah. yeah, there you go,
1: there you go. Well, I'm looking forward to checking out your YouTube channel. So, uh, so definitely want to remind our listeners. Um, so thank you so much for joining us time just flew this was such a great topic Um, I hope you enjoyed it it as much as I did and we want to thank you for joining us here um, as we wrap up and uh, thank everybody for joining us here on uh, reality radio 101 we will have everything in uh, the show notes and uh, so that you have more information all about Tyler and his books and uh, the farmer Tyler right all your social media is the <laughs> Farmer Tyler. So, Someone took Farmer everybody. Tyler, so I had to put a vote on it. But thank That's you, Jared.
0: Right. Thank you, that. You, You're so welcome. Nice. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Tyler. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your host, Joanne Shaw, and Matthew Dressing right here on Reality Radio 101.